more times. Let's put our hands together for our online family. Let's welcome them, the men. So glad you joined us today. We're so excited about everything. Hallelujah. We're so glad to be in church today. And if it's your first time with us, we welcome you. And um, um, we're, we're going to end our series today, Mary Land. Someone say Mary Land. Yes. And um, has this series been a blessing to you? Has it been encouraging? Praise God. Yeah. And um, so, so much great material, creative material stories. Last week, we had our international outreach partners visit us and um, Hope Project. And so we have a lot of exciting things um, coming down the road with them. And we're preparing for our first ever international missions trip next year. Uh, that'll be the week. Come on, we can celebrate that. And um, that's going to be the week uh, before we turn six. And so if you're interested, uh, just email the team at highlight.church. Let us know you're interested. And as time goes on, we're, we're going to lay out some more of those details for you. So it's going to be a fun time. Um, but we're going to get to the word of God. And um, one more prayer real, real quick just to open up our hearts. And then um, today I want to I talk about being planted in a healthy local church. And um, that's been kind of our whole whole theme during the series, if you haven't caught it yet, but um, we're going we're gonna to keep building that out as we finish the series. Let's pray. Father, once again, we love you. We thank you so much. Um, God, even now, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, allow your word to find fertile ground uh, that we may produce fruit for your glory. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here it is. Let's open it up. Psalm 92. We read this one a lot, and I really do think you ought to make it like a life verse, and um, or at least this excerpt of Scripture. Let's dive into verse 12. It says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree. The righteous. We, we know that Christ makes us righteous. Um, so, so, you know, the psalmist is kind of prophetically speaking about Jesus and the forgiveness of our sins, so... Christ makes us righteous. Um, but how do we flourish? Here it is. And grow like cedar in Lebanon. So cedar is the strongest tree in Lebanon. It says here, verse 13, they are planted. Someone say planted. planted. In the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. And they are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So the psalmist is saying that at the end of the day, like if you're blessed enough to grow old, that by the end of your life, you're going to say, God has just been so good. And there's no unrighteousness in him. Um, about three weeks ago, we, uh, uh, we, we took Judah and, and Jay to the, to the airport after church, and uh, it was a surprise visit to the airport. And um, it was Judah's birthday, so he didn't know that uh, he, was, he had won a trip to Orlando. And um, so Grandma set it all up. We had the party at Grandma's house on Monday. Then we went to, to Disney on Tuesday. And uh, the brother came home on Thursday, got an Xbox S. I mean, just blessed. Like, his cup is overflowing. 
Um, and then there are other things. And I just, just to, not because he's my kid, but the favor of God is just, anyway, I'll keep moving. I don't want to talk about my baby too much. But um, yeah, so he, uh, you know, so we get to Disney. I mean, come on, it's Disney, y'all. It's Disney. They call it the happiest place in the world, aside from the fact that um, you'll be there 10 hours and only ride two rides. And you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks on food, you know, and the toys. And I have no idea how it's the happiest place. But I think the reason they say it's the happiest place in the world is because of the atmosphere or the environment. Right? I mean, we're sitting down and we're eating some buttery, stale popcorn. He just had to have the stale popcorn. And about 200 feet away, here comes a parade. And here comes Woody. Oh, daddy, that's Woody. And, um, you know, you're in Disney. You're hot. You're nauseous. You're tired. You're dizzy. You're getting up there in age. And you're like, I don't even want to be here. But there's Woody. You know, hey, Woody. And you're happy all of a sudden because you've never seen Woody. You know, you've seen him. But anyway. So it's the happiest place in the world. And it's all because of the, the environment. Um, environments are a big deal if you're taking notes environments are a big deal it's a big deal where you where you take vacation you don't want to waste your time you don't want to waste your money Um, it's a it's a big deal for some of you where, where you shop you don't just shop anywhere it's a big deal where, where you study. Some of you, are, you're okay with noise and you can focus. Others of us, we need a quiet space. We need the coffee table. We need a library. In terms of fitness, environments are, are a big deal, right? Be it your apartment gym or Planet Fitness or Lifetime. Some of you can work out in your basement alone, but it's a big deal. And essentially, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our life, we need environments that are conducive for our growth. Anyone, just show of hands, anyone, you want to live your best life possible. You, you want to step into everything that the Lord has, the Lord has for you. And one of the biggest revelations I received recently about thriving, because I love, I love the Bible's language, thriving and flourishing, Right? One of the biggest revelations I've received recently is that my life and your life, your life is a seed. You are, you are, I am, we are, we are a seed. And um, it's extremely important where we're planted. And when you, when you think in terms of a seed, you think about what's in the seed, the potential in the seed. If you're still breathing, there's a whole lot of potential on the inside of you, right? Like the dreams that are on the inside of you that have yet to be realized or, or the things you have yet to step into, um, the levels of maturity, Paul says, glory to glory, faith to faith. Um, flourishing speaks of this idea of, of you, you're never supposed to stop growing. Right. There's always supposed to be some leveling. And I've, I've seen that. I pastor in the church for five years. I, I've seen a lot of y'all come. Three years into your walk, four years into your walk, five years into your walk, you you're you're not the same person. And, 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 and you're you're flourishing. And so environments are 
very important for your growth and, and, and where you're planted. If you're taking notes, write this down. Where I'm planted is important. And we know that how God created it, when it comes to a seed, a seed is, is designed to, to grow. And what I love about God is, is that God has created an environment for your life to thrive. He's created an environment for your marriage to thrive. And that environment is, in fact, a healthy local church. And I always say, you know, it don't matter which local church, just a local church. And oftentimes the pastor's lying because I want it to be highlight. But truthfully, it doesn't. You just got to find a, a local church. It's the soil that, that you need to grow in. What I do know is, is that there's a lot of church hurt. Uh, the further along we get in this journey, uh, we've encountered so many people who they'll tell us, you know, I was, I was hurt and I was hurting this way. This person did this. Um, I can't, I can't trust pastors. I can't trust people. Um, when I come here, the love is amazing, but it doesn't seem genuine. Right. What I will say is if you've experienced church hurt, because I'm, I'm in the same boat, been following Christ for 15 years. I've been hurt. I've been wounded. I've been, you know, I've been emotionally distraught. There was a season where I was hurt so bad, I didn't want anything to do with the church. I was totally disconnected for like three years. But the Holy Spirit Amen. convicted me. Yes. And he said, you're, you're not going to find healing online. You're not going to find healing just reading the Bible at home by yourself. He said this. He said, you're going to find healing in a healthy local church. Amen. Not alone. So isn't it pretty ironic that God will call you back to his house when he is planned to grow you? And so, and no church is perfect. We'd agree, right? No church is perfect. We always say if it was perfect, as soon as you stepped in, it became imperfect. But what I think the Lord is looking for is he's looking for us to have more of a mature mentality about his house and to understand that if someone hurts me, I should go and talk to that person. I should bring a witness. I should bring the pastor. And we should work this thing out. But don't be isolated. You know, Grandma used to say that um, an idle mind is the devil's playground. So you got to get back to the house of God so the seed of your potential can flourish. And so here it is. I want to give you three ingredients of a healthy church because I'm ready to eat some candy. And um, send you home with candy and a kitty. And uh, y'all can take care of the rest. Number one, the first ingredient of a healthy church, here it is, is God's presence. God's presence. That represents water, if you're taking notes. And um, you know, once again, like Judah, Judah <laughs> he, he, he's seven years old now. So he's stepping into the season, Brandon, where he loves to take long showers. I'm like, brother, you young. You're not like playing high school sports or anything. You don't have any responsibilities. You have no stressors. You're working out. Why are you in the shower for so long? But he has it on. It's because his dad likes showers. The other day, he was in the shower. I went downstairs, cleaned out the trunk. I said, oh, since I'm outside, Harris Teeter is across the street. Let me go to the store. Went to the store. 
I was in there for at least 15 minutes, picked up a couple things, came back, got the bags, came to the third floor. The brother's still in the shower. It's a good 30 minutes. He has no bills to pay. So I'm not on him. I'm on, baby, I love you. I'm on my wife. Why is he in the shower? And, and, and coming to church, parking your car, receiving a, a greeting from the parking team and, and a high five or a hello from our greeters or coming into the lobby and checking your kids in, then coming in here and the worship. It's like taking a, a nice long shower after a hard week. Right. It, it, I don't know about you, but but when they're up here and they're going after build your church and, and and the promise and all this stuff, it just feels like the presence of God is just enveloping me. Will we all agree? Can we put our hands? That that's that's the tangible presence of God just touching your heart and touching your mind. And you feel like you have the strength to enter into a brand new, a brand new week. I love the psalmist David. One of my favorite characters always say if Jesus wasn't in the Bible, which is impossible, David would be my guy. But here it is. He says this. I was glad. Psalm 122. Someone say glad Glad. when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And that's what I'm talking about. Some of you came in here as seeds and you wanted nothing to do with church. But you've been planted. And now, if you were honest, you'd admit that Sunday is your favorite day of the week. Why? Because church is right there. So that's what David is saying. David is saying, I was glad when they said, man, let's go to church. Let's go praise the Lord. Let's go get in the word of God. Let's, let's get encouraged. Let's get some empowerment. Let's, let's get our lives built up. David, David said, I was glad. And I just want to take, take some time to thank all the superheroes. Come on, let's put our hands together for this. Thank you all so much for all that you do to make Highlight Church happen. And not just on a Sunday, but throughout, throughout the community, throughout the city, during Highlight the City Week, you're, you're, doing a whole, you're doing a lot of great things, and heaven is smiling down on you. So if you feel unqualified or if you feel imperfect, just know that, that, that God is smiling down on you, especially when you begin to serve within and outside of the four walls of the church. I love what the spirit of God said through the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37. He said this, the Lord said, my dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So when you come to church, what you're, what you're feeling when, when you get chills, when you cry, when you feel like you can see another week forward, you're being touched by the hand of God when you get here and you have to make it a weekly a, pro, a weekly priority to get to the house of God. America is getting away from that. There are statistics right now that prove and that show that the average Christian comes to church once every 8 weeks. Ain't gonna work. If you're going to be strong, if you're going to be encouraged, if you're going to overcome your, your, your trials and your, you, you, you know, a lot of people, why am I, you know, I believe in Jesus. Why am I going in circles? Because you haven't practically prioritized the place wow. of power, the place, the presence of God. God dwells here. Number two, the second ingredient is God's word. This is your fertilizer. The word of God, the nutrients your soul needs in order to produce in order to, to be fruitful, you need, you need the word of God. I love 
Second uh, Timothy 3.16 says this. All scripture is inspired by God. We're going to do a series next year called Pure Product. And I'm going to teach for two weeks how the Bible became the Bible. It's going to be heavy, heavy good teaching. We're going to make it clear. But I want to give you some history on how God used man to form this thing. Right? So there's a spiritual component. But God worked through man to form this as a gift to you and I. And for so long, the Catholic Church had it nailed to the pulpit. Then eventually the, you know, the, the reform happened, you know, and, and, and then it was, it was freed up so that you and I could have a Bible at home. But the Bible says all scripture is inspired by God. That word there, inspired, means breathed. That as Isaiah and as Moses and, and as scribes in Joshua's time were inspired by the Spirit of God, they, they wrote. They heard God and they wrote. This word is from heaven. And, and you need a healthy church that doesn't dance around the Bible in order to placate to your preferences. You, you, need, you need a church that's going to give it to you straight with, with love and, and with grace, but also with truth. Because this is the deal. A lot of, and God loves me and God got grace. Listen. Grace without truth is meaningless. It's, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. There's a B clause to that. Grace without truth is meaningless, but truth without grace is mean. And I learned a long time ago, what you need taught to you in a local church is you need the unadulterated full counsel of God's word. You need it. And so it says that all scripture is breathed by God. All scripture and here it is, useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Here it is, it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And this is the deal. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. In the book of Ephesians, it says that um, long ago, long, you're God's masterpiece. That's who you are. That is your identity. You're loved, Ephesians 1.4. You're chosen. You're holy. You're forgiven in Christ. You've been set apart. You cannot do wrong in God's eyes anymore. But now what you need, since you've been loved, you've been saved, you've been redeemed, now what you need is you need the instruction of God so that you would be equipped to do every good work. In Ephesians, it says that long ago, he prepared good works for you. What was long ago? Well, Ephesians 1 says that before the foundations of the world, you were loved and chosen. Long ago is way before he created the universe. God planned good works for you to do. And, and so what is my guide? My guide, my guide is the scripture. What are those good works? How am I going to be equipped? By the word of God. By the word of God. Here it is. This is anointing teach, anointed teaching. Okay, when, when, when you come into a church and there's someone anointed, that means they've been enabled by the spirit of God to pour into your heart, to pour into your mind and to pour into your soul. When you're open to that, when you're open to that and you begin to step out in it, the trajectory of your life shifts. 
it begins to go. I, I, rem, I remember, man, I was raised in church, but I wasn't in church like that. My, my heart wasn't there. It was just a, it was another box. And so growing up, I had so many cultural uh, just dark things planted into me, you know, just bad fertilizer, you know, like like relationships, bad fertilizer, how you should see women, just bad fertilizer, how you should deal with your money, bad fertilizer, how you should sleep around, just bad fertilizer, how you got to sow your royal oats and uh, bad fertilizer, just bad principles, bad things about white folks, just white people, just white folk, that white, the man, the man, just bad fertilizer, just bad things about Hispanic people, just bad fertilizer. Bad. Finally, I got tired of it. Because all those philosophies of men were leading me to an empty place. And, and at 19, September 2006, my best friend invited me to a Bible study. And I mean, my, my pastor was anointed by God. He was 25 years old. I'd never seen a pastor where, back then we, we wore long white tees, you know what I mean? Y'all know nothing about that, 2005, 2006. White tees, he had on Chuck Taylor's. Every pastor I knew had a collar. They call him the man of man, men of the cloth or something. I don't know. I became when I became ordained, somebody old church sister called me. Now you're a man of the cloth. I'm like, what is that? I'm I'm new school pastor. I don't wear. I show a little hair. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know about no cloth. Just. But no, I'm 19. He's 25, and I'm like, that ain't no pastor, man. <sighs> No, he opened the scripture and, and broke it down. And, and God, God used his word, but he also used somebody that was relevant to me to, to lead me to him. And when, when you're under anointed teaching, it has the power to break yokes off of your life and, and set you free. And, and so how, how should you approach God's word in a local church. I got four things for you real quick. When you come to church, you wasn't ready for it this week, but you're going to be ready next Sunday. Number one, come to church with anticipation. I want you to be ready. Wait, wake up that morning and say, yeah, yeah, I want to see my friend and I want to see my brother. I want to see my sister, but I'm ready. I'm ready for God to speak to my heart. That's the primary reason I'm here is for God to speak to my heart. Anticipation. Be excited about the word of God. Number two, attention. God wants your undivided attention. Lean in. Focus. Put your phone on vibrate. Put your phone on silent. It's you. It, it's me. And, and, and it's the Lord. We're getting into the word of God. We're serious about God's word. Number three, retention. You need to retain it. So you need, you need to take a note and then revisit it throughout the week. I, I will go to church back in the day, and I still do today, and I, I'll take a note. And you, you, might, you might read on Wednesday, my life is a seed, and it's going to spark something in your soul about your relationships. It's going to spark something in your soul about your environments. You may read on Thursday that atmosphere or our environments are a big deal. And it's going to spark something in your mentality about the environment of your home, about the environment and the culture of your marriage. It's going to spark something. So you got to retain it by taking a note. This is what I do know. I know that the dullest pencil is sharper than the sharpest mind. So you can sit here and say, I'm listening. But you need to write something down. This whole thing, 
Them prophets weren't that good. Lord, tell me. I just, I remember it. Ooh, that feels so good. That was a good word. F- 15 years, I- I've spoken to people. How, how was church today? It-, it was good, Pastor. What you got out of it? You know, you know when you said um, that, that thing was so good. When you said that, what did I say? What did I say? At least half of y'all, when I say, how were you encouraged today? It was good, Pastor. I got to go. Like, man, that was rude. All right. Just, just encourage me to continue to want to teach. <laughs> oh, my God. Number four, application. Obey the word and put it into practice. So here it is. Give you, give you some. Revelation, application, then manifestation. All right, so th- this is the revelation of, of God. When I come with anticipation, with my attention, with retention and application, in time, the promises of God and what God has declared and decreed over your life will manifest. So revelation, I, 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 can't, I can't explain it all in 30 minutes. I'm doing a broad stroke. What I want to do is build an appetite for God's word in your soul. That's my job is to equip you with an appetite so you can go home and say, wow, church was so good. I can't wait to go home and read. You apply it, manifestation. Okay, but this is oftentimes where a lot of people are. Revelation, no application, frustration. But in a healthy church, you're going to get word and you're going to leave full. Do you leave full when you come to highlight? That, that's my job is to, is to fill you up. It's not to get into God's way, not to get in God's way, but to, but, to fill, but to fill you up. And this is what I do know. God's word is the guide to success in every area of your life. It is the guide. Ask Joshua chapter one. That's your reading. Number three, God's people. God's people, third healthy ingredient. God's people are your root system. Someone say root system. system. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 4 says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Is in real trouble. Real trouble, but two people are better off than one. Um, God loves you so much that he didn't just save your soul, but he's created this entity and this organism called the local church so that you would interconnect with people and begin to grow. This is what I know. I know that all of us want similar things in life. We want freedom. We want to succeed. We want to be blessed. We want to please God. We want to glorify him. And so what, what Jesus did was um, 
he saved us. And the word church, if you're taking notes, means called out ones, called out of the world. Ecclesia, called out ones who gather in the name of Christ. And, and, and this is what the Spirit of Lord wants for your life. He wants you to prioritize your relationships above every other within the church. You don't believe me. Okay. You, th- you just think I'm trying to fill the seats. No, I'm not. This is what Jesus said. Jesus, Jesus was teaching one time, and the disciples said, um, your mother and your family is here. Your brothers, they're here. And he stopped them, and he said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Only those who do the will of God. He is saying, I'm prioritizing you over my natural family. Because at the end of the day, when God comes back, he's not coming back for your entire family. He's coming back for his church. While he wants us to reach our family and to reach all people, that's not going to be the case. Because not everyone will believe in him. As a matter of fact, just to get a little bit, put a little bit more attention into the word, Jesus said, I've come to bring a sword. Don't think I've come to bring peace. He says, when I come and when I, when I resurrect and when I ascend into heaven, come on, stick with me. This is very important. When I, he said, father is going to be against son. Mother is going to be against daughter. Uncle is going to be against nephew and all that stuff. He says, when you believe in me, there's going to be a great divide in your life. And you're going to want to follow me and others aren't going to want to follow me. So I'm calling you to prioritize the local church. So here it is. We got to find, if you're taking notes, we got to find common ground. No matter the color of our skin, we've been called to love each other. We've been called to serve and we've been called to build relationships in the kingdom of God. We've been called to prioritize our groups throughout the week. We've been called to prioritize Sundays when we serve together. We've been called to prioritize Highlight the City weeks. We've been called to prioritize this body, this family right here. I want to give you a few key thoughts. This is why you got to build relationships with faith-filled people. Number one, the struggle that's not shared can't be supported. It's your root system. The struggle that's not shared can't be supported. Number two, the pain that's not revealed can't be healed. We can't help you if you're not telling us. You got to build some trust. We all want to be trusted and we want to trust others. We got to build that trust. And number three, the sin that's not confessed can't be conquered. That addiction that secret sin you're dealing with, that's, that's where Satan has the, the shackles on you. You need to get around men and women who are going to free you up. James says this. James says, confess your sins to each other. Pray and be healed. The word heal, heal means to be whole. You can't, you can't go at it alone. You, you can't just keep fighting and and fighting and showing up to church with, with a smile on your face, you're going to have to begin to open up so, so you can, it's your root system. The, the, the redwood sequoia, tallest tree in the world, 
one of the oldest trees, one of the strongest trees in the world, uh, a phenomenal tree. They're massive. I plan to visit them soon. I've watched videos and I've read up on them, but, but their root system doesn't go down deep at all. And I think a lot of Christians want deep. Like we're like the Jewish people. They want it. They want it miracles and signs and wonders. Like, like, like we want to be deep, Lord. Lord, bless us with the mysteries and lay a hand on us. Like we want to be deep. Listen, the redwood sequoia don't go that deep. They're tall, they're big, they're, they're old, they're strong, they're just like Psalm 92. But, but, but their root systems expand for hundreds of feet and they interconnect with other trees. And, and it enables them to grow. You need a healthy church. You need a healthy church. Let, let, let's, let's go to Psalm 92, 12, and we're going to close this thing out. Let's revisit. I want to give you three benefits of a healthy church. Y'all okay? All right, here it is. Psalm 92, verse 12. Doing great on timing. It says this here. It says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like cedar in Lebanon. Here it is. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They. Someone say they. they. This, number one, first benefit you get of being planted is Family. Write that down. Family. It's not going to come up on the screen. But when you're planted in a healthy local church, you get a healthy family. You get a healthy family. I love my family. Wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. But the church family has done far more for me than my natural family. By the grace and the supernatural power of God, they. Someone say they. They. So the first benefit is family family they they are planted in the house here it is they flourish in the courts of our god here it is verse 14 they still bear fruit in old age they are ever full of sap and green the second benefit of being planted in a healthy church is fruitfulness fruitfulness that word simply means productivity productivity and and not just uh The purpose of fruit is not for a tree to look good, but the purpose of fruit is to add value to the world, to add nutrients to society. Your purpose and a lot of your fulfillment is going to come through the value you add to other people. Your, Your productivity and your growth in Christ Add it to other people. That is a supernatural call and a mandate from heaven on your life. When, 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 when the parking team is walking people to their cars and, and when you're greeting and when we're praying for people and when you're in your group and you're, 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 you're getting clarity and you're growing together, that's you being fruitful in your faith. When you're leading a group, you're making disciples. That's you being fruitful. And the Bible says that into the courts of our God. When you're fruitful in the church, it automatically pours out outside the church but it all starts with being planted and then number three the third benefit is your future future it says this here verse 14 they still bear fruit in old age someone say old age age. they're ever full of sap and green verse 15 to to declare that the lord is upright he is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him old age your future your future 
Man, I, I, could, I could talk about this for hours. There's so many verses. No, no, no. We got to eat some candy. But um, Psalm, we don't have it, but follow, follow my train of thought. Psalm 133, I believe, or 132. David talks about um, the, 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 how, how amazing it is to dwell with, with brethren. And he says it's like the oil, which represents the spirit of God, that runs down the beard. So when priests were anointed to serve God and to maintain the house of God, oil was poured over them, represents the spirit of God. And he said, David said, Aaron's beard, which was Moses' brother. And, and he said, for, for that is where the blessing, that is where the blessing is. He said, like, like, like when dew falls on Mount Hermon and Mount Zion, that, that's where the blessing, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm getting at when it comes to your future. If you found a local church that's moving forward and you're attached to something that's moving forward, your life has no choice but to but to move forward. Because as the blessing falls on the church, it falls on you. You need a, you need, I almost preached a message where um, it's going to do our, four, your life is a seed. And I was going to say, you're planted in your chair. You're planted in your chair. And um, I was going to do the four church chairs. Everyone in here and across all experiences, you represent um, one of four categories where you are in your faith walk right now. You're either in chair number one, you're searching. I was going to encourage you that you need to believe. You need to come to Christ. You're searching. You're not, you're not just here by happen chance. You're not here because someone forced you to be here. You're here because God wants you to flourish. And Jesus is calling you to him. He's saying, give me your life. You're searching. The next chair was going to be you are a new believer. So it's time for you to build relationships and join a group. That's your next step. The next one was going to be your growing believer. It's time for you to serve. Application. And, and the next one is your seasoned believer. Some of y'all been walking with the Lord longer than I've been alive. And that's all good. That's great. But, but you're settled. And we should never, in their old age, we should never settle I was going to flip the card and say, it's time for you to lead. Because all three of these need you. And we got to get away from this. Well, my pastor's young and the church is young and I'm irrelevant. No, no. We need your voice. We need your wisdom. We need your experience. We need you. Our mom and dad ain't showing us the way. We need you to be our mom and dad. So you need to get in highlight leadership in January. You need to lead a group. You need, if you're a superhero, next semester, you need to lead a team. We got a lot of people that got sending through those doors. We've been, we, our mandate is the entire state. We need you to go from not believing to new believer to growing to mature. We, we need it. We need it. So God, God can use you so he can be glorified and so you can flourish.